Here we go. You are listening to Rumination Thursday, November the 16th, in the year of our Lord, 2023, Law and Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me to discuss the subject is Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing very good. And uh, how are you doing? I'm doing better than I was yesterday. Oh, that's good. Yep. Every day is a new day, for sure. You sent me an email that I think is really good to talk about. One of the questions we have is why do many people reject the Christian message? You know, when you think about it, boy, it talks about heaven, full bliss, no sickness, no death, no pain, no suffering. And even when we're here on earth, are there not promises from God to take care of us? Right. Come unto me, all the that and I will give you rest. So you would wonder, why do people not want to become a Christian? And we received this uh, email from a gentleman, uh, Jay Wayne, and his point is that Christianity is unfair. Now... Everybody wants to be fair, right? Right. Well, you know, every employee expects fairness in the job. In every marriage, you expect a healthy dose of fairness. There's no doubt that fairness matters in relationships. Yeah, humans want what is fair and equitable. And, of course, what happened on Golgotha's Hill? on Good Friday. Well, God poured out his wrath upon his son. And that was uh, truly unfair. When something happens to someone they don't deserve, we we call that unfair. I've even heard so-called women theologians say that's why we don't believe that God put his son on the cross because that would be too mean for God. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially among Jewish people, because of the Holocaust, they no longer believe that there is a God because such a God would not permit to happen what happened to the Jews during the Holocaust and what happened to them on October the 7th. We're hearing more and more stories about the cruelty that occurred particularly to the Jewish women and the 1,400 Jews that were killed or taken into bondage. And of course, the Israeli armies are still fighting to get them free. Yeah, I mean, it shows you how cruel the world is out there, how unfair everything seems to be. And because of our fall into sin, we're given a heritage of despair and damnation. And we're spiritually bankrupt, bankrupt, with no hope 
of ever attaining the righteousness of God through our works. There was nothing that any of us could do to fix this eternal problem. Death and hell were our destiny. Until what? Until Christ came and he tipped the scales in my favor that we would say unjustly and unfairly that he did this for us. Through his death and resurrection, what I was unable to, to do on my own merit, he paid the price for that on Calvary. So, though we were destined for eternal separation from the creator of the universe, he loved me before I even knew him. Then he sacrificed the life of his son so I could be saved. Now, there's a number of passages in the Bible that Jesus speaks on that shows, from our point of view, how unfair is Christianity. One of them is found in Matthew 20. It's kind of a, a parable that Jesus talks about concerning the kingdom of God. Can, can you kind of summarize for us why Jesus said what he said and why it is unfair? Well, it, it, uh, first of all, keep in mind as you, as you go through that parable that he talks about the kingdom of heaven. It's like the master who went out early and hired laborers for his field. At the beginning of the day, he promised them a denarius, a day's wages to work in his field. And then he went out in the marketplace and found them on the third hour in the sixth hour and the ninth hour and uh, work. And come the end of the day, he had his foreman go out and pay them and pay their wages. And he started with those that he just had hired for, for an hour and gave them a denarius. And so no matter what part of the day you started, whether it was the first hour of the day or the last hour, they all got a, a denarius. And those that worked the whole day thought that they should give more since they put in more labor that day and thought yes. it was unfair. And what did the master, who of course is God, how did he reply uh, to one of them who was complaining? Well, he said, am I not allowed to do what I choose to do with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first and the first will be last. It comes down to the generosity of God. But from a human point of view, if you work for 12 hours, don't you think you should get more pay than somebody who only works for one hour? Oh, yeah, you would expect that. Yes. There's a difference. And see, that's why Christianity appears to be unfair to unbelievers because they believe that they're saved by their works and they do a lot of good works, they think, to get them saved. They're like the Pharisees, the unbelieving ones, who said, boy, are we ever glad we're not like tax collectors working for the Romans who are Jewish. 
because we tithe and we fast. In other words, they were looking at the ceremonial laws, not the moral laws. And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, how did he explain uh, the moral laws that are not done just by deed, but also by what? Thought, word, and deed. Yes. Even if you think wrong, then you deserve eternal hell. You know, one, one thing we need to remember about the Pharisees, they just didn't develop overnight. It was a 436-year process from the time that they came back from, Jews came back from their 70-year uh, uh, detainment in a foreign land. You read the last couple chapters of Ezra, they make that commitment to follow God's law. And then they spend the next 436 years refining that, following the law. And just as you said, some of those things, they think that because they tie, they, they follow God's law. That's why this program is called Law and Gospel. The law does have one purpose, and that's to show us we're a sinner. And it does that by explaining God's law to us. It's called the Ten Commandments and other parts of the law. And by explaining them, we suddenly realize we're not obeying them. And that's why they accuse us of our sin. In fact, that was the job of who in the New Testament to show people they were sinners. Oh, you mean John the Baptist? Yep. And he told them to repent because the kingdom of God was coming and that they would be brought into the kingdom of God not by doing good works, but by what? By faith, repentance and faith. Yes. Believing in the promises of Jesus Christ. Which brings up a, uh, an interesting point always when we discuss this. The Baptist baptism was what? A baptism of? Repentance. And what did Jesus need to repent of when he was baptized by John? He repented of my sin. He yeah, became he takes, the substitute for us. He takes all the sins of the world with him on the on uh, at that point he he became sin who knew no sin so when somebody reads this parable you see that's the purpose of a pastor we can explain what happens in the parable namely he hires different workers at different times but gives them all the same wage but that's not explaining the parable. That's just giving a description of the parable. The purpose of a sermon is to put it in religious context. And what this says is that those who go to the kingdom of God, it's never on account of their works. It's always on account of the works of Jesus Christ. And so when people read that parable and don't understand it, take it literally, they think, how unfair is this kingdom of God? 
Wow. Well, well fairness wasn't part of the plan. And not then, from a human point of view. Right. See, that's where unbelievers get mixed up. They invent a God according to their way of thinking. And therefore, he becomes unfair in a number of places in the Bible. I mean, you've got some good friends. How many times would you say to them, get thee behind me, Satan? <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. And you see, that really seems unfair. Peter was simply saying, Lord, you go to Jerusalem, we'll stand beside you, we'll protect you. And then Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. yeah. Can you imagine how Peter felt about that? Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't on its top 10 list of favorite things to hear. Not from Jesus. Right. You see, if Christ has chosen to rescue a sinful world by paying the penalty of our sin and dying with his blood, I don't have to do anything except what? Believe. Trust. And how does that come about? Is that an action I decide to do? Well, it's the Holy Spirit that, that enters your heart. You go to passages like Romans 10, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. Yes. In fact, this is what is really meant by being saved by grace. We've learned to accept the unfair advantages that we have been given because they're a once-in-a-lifetime gift of grace. And grace means that you get something you don't deserve. See, parents are very unfair when it comes to their own children. They give them gifts at Christmas. They don't give gifts to other children in the neighborhood, do they? No. Right. And so one can say, well, those are unfair parents. No, they're not. Because they're given the responsibility to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's really, really important. You know, Paul talks about that in Romans. Well, Romans what does he say? Nine. What shall we say that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness, have obtained it, a righteousness that is by faith. But the people of Israel who pursued the law as always righteousness did not obtain the goal. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were by works. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. This is a really tremendous passage. It's Romans chapter 9, verse 30 to 32. It talks about how the Gentiles, as you just said, they obtained righteousness by believing the promises of Jesus Christ. But many in Israel, they pursued the way of righteousness by their works, trying to obey the law. And of course, 
they pursued it not by faith, but by works. And they stumbled over the stumbling stone, which is Jesus Christ. In fact, they crucified him. I, I don't know how much you're hearing on YouTube, uh, particularly about Hamas and Israel. Yeah. But one of the things I keep hearing again and again from Israeli rabbis is that the land of Israel, namely Canaan and Jerusalem, is really the Jewish heaven on earth. And that's what the promises to Abraham was and what the New Testament appears to say, they say, that Jerusalem is the place for Jews and that they should be saved. But here it's very clear that many Jews pursued the law in trying to be righteous. And therefore, they did not obtain their goal, and they are not saved. So Romans talks about two kinds of Israelites. What are the two kinds? Well, the, the physical kind and the spiritual kind. The spiritual kind entails all that believe in Christ. It goes back to actually Abraham, who uh, and believed Isaac. in and Isaac and Abraham believed and God credited it to him as righteousness. Yep. So the writer of the article says that even his salvation is unfair because there was nothing he did to merit the gift from the cross because righteousness is not what matters when it comes to my works. It's unfair because my efforts to save myself really mean nothing in this story of the Bible. And it's unfair because any efforts to earn my salvation from eternal punishment, what do they invalidate? Well, to earn my own efforts from eternal salvation and validate the finished work of the cross. Anytime we we try to work, merit a good work before Christ, we invalidate what he did on the cross. Yes, we should do good works before Christ, but not in order to get to heaven, but rather because we're already on the way to heaven. And good works is a result of our salvation. Why do does this article talk about invalidating the finished work of the cross? What what's finished? Well, it seems logic that the unfairness of salvation on his cross. They. You pardon somebody. I mean, you see it with, with the thief on the cross. He pardons uh, a thief on the cross with the words of, uh, I assure you, today you'll be with me. Did paradise. Jesus say anything about finish? Oh, uh, at, the, at the end of his time of suffering upon the cross, he goes, it is finished. Very uh, good. 
what was finished? Well, the sacrifice that he made for the sins of, of all, all, all in the world, according to his humanity and his divinity. See, we Christians need to recognize why people stumble over the stumbling stone, namely Jesus. What do they think about the whole plan? Well, they, they think it's unfair. It defies human logic that an innocent being would take up our place so that we could enjoy the freedom that Jesus demonstrates. Well said. On, on the day of his crucifixion. Yes. In fact, Jesus even demonstrates more unfairness on the day of his crucifixion. What does he do? Well, the, there are the two thieves on the cross. One, one hurled, They both hurled insults at him, but finally one said, said, we're getting what we deserve. And he's asked the Lord to, to remember him. And he says, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Yep. And that really seems unfair because this is a thief who's on the cross because he's breaking the law, and yet Jesus even forgives him. So the simple answer is that Christ is really here in this unfair story. And that's found throughout the Bible, where it appears that God is unfair. But he never is. He's merciful in not giving a person what they deserve, and he's gracious in giving them what they don't deserve, and he's just in giving a person what they do deserve when they don't believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And that kind of tell, reminds us of Paul and again in Romans chapter 10, where he says, for they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Boy, let, let's repeat that. Christ is the end of the law. That means because of Christ's death on the cross, no longer is the law the avenue to heaven. We have ended it as the way of salvation because our salvation now is not in response to establishing our own righteousness, even though that's a common struggle among people. How are things upside down? Well, it seems upside down when we try to earn our own uh, merits, when humans think, think is fair and equitable, what we think is fair and equitable is not fair and equitable towards God. God chooses to, to obtain the righteousness uh, through Christ. Yeah, if we attempt to obtain the righteousness of God by our works on our part, then what have we done with the cross? 
Well, we've invalidated it. Yes. Uh, In other words, mm -hmm. we are to choose to embrace the nature of the unfairness found throughout Christianity. Yes, it may be unfair from our point of view, but the unfairness always works to our advantage. That's what Romans 8 says. All things happen in our life, working together for good. And then I love him. Well, we, we embrace this unfairness, and we read about the enormity of his suffering upon the cross, and we're reminded that we are the recipients of that love. We rest in the accomplishment of Christ on the cross and realize and trust that there's nothing that we can do to earn one merit. I can do nothing but take away the complete work of forgiveness of my sins. Jesus has done it all for me. Yes. So it is really to our advantage that there is nothing we have to do to get this free gift. Why would we want to? Especially when we realize that many times when we do good works, we do them for selfish reasons. Because God doesn't look at a good work, it's ending. He looks at its motivation. And if it's not done out of love for Jesus Christ, then it's not considered a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we, we embrace this unfair advantage and live our lives in freedom from the weight of sin and death. Can you, know, you trust that there's, there's some other things that remain unfair and embrace the new life in Christ? It's just the difference between faith and belief and trust in, in what Christ has done for us. That's what Christianity is all about. It's really, from a human understanding, quite unfair. And we could give example after example in the Old and the New Testaments. But because of the Holy Spirit, we now believe in this unfair religion because it's a religion of mercy and grace from a loving God who died to save us. So thanks very much, Wes, for helping us with this topic. Next time people ask, why aren't you a Christian? Well, because it seems to be unfair, but it isn't. Till tomorrow, God bless Listen you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. Or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.